Good morning, Chodesh Tov, the seventh uh, chapter of Ilchot Tefillin, Mezuzah Vesefer Torah. Uh, it deals actually with the misvot of with the misvah of writing a Sefer Torah and some of the details of this misvah. Halacha Aleph, misvat ase al kol ish va'ish mi Yisrael lichtov Sefer Torah le'asmo. There is a an affirmative precept prescription for every single person, every single individual in Am Yisrael to write their own Sefer Torah. Shen ne'emar. As the Torah says, At the very end of the Varim, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu tells Am Israel, sorry, Hashem tells to Moshe Rabbeinu to tell Am Israel, and now write to yourselves this composition. Shira means composition, it doesn't mean necessarily song, it's any composition. And Hachamim uh, understood this to mean to the composition being the Torah. Uh, in other words, it's a prescription for everyone to write their own Sefer Torah. Kelomar, as if to say, write this Torah which contains this particular composition, meaning uh, Ha'azinu, the, the, the poem of Ha'azinu. Given that it would not be uh, appropriate, it, it's, it's not possible to write the Torah uh, portion by portion, so by telling us to write Ha'azinu, Hashem was telling us to write the entire thing. And even if the person received by inheritance a ready, an already made Sefer Torah, there still is a prescription to write his own. And the highest form of this misvah is to actually write it uh, by hand to write it yourself, and if you do so, it's as if you are receiving it directly from Har Sinai. You are becoming a partner in this covenant between God and the Jewish people. You are one of those who, are, who is writing down the Sefer Torah. If he doesn't know how to write, then he can have others write it for him. And correcting even one letter in the Sefer Torah, it's as if writing the whole thing, because think about this, a Sefer Torah without a letter is not a Sefer Torah. It's a zero-sum proposition. The Sefer Torah needs to be complete, and therefore just completing it, doing that one letter, is as if writing the whole thing. A Jewish king must write a second Sefer Torah for himself, in addition to the one that he already had, being a layman, a layperson. As it is said, in that same place that it says, it talks about the king and it says, and upon his, uh, after he, uh, he establishes himself on the throne of his kingship, of his uh, uh, sovereignty, of his reign, then he shall write to himself this uh, this book. And this particular book needs to be proof-checked against Sefer HaAzara. Sefer HaAzara used to be, you know, we have uh, in every Bet Knesset, we have the, the, Sefer, the Sefer Torah of the community, 
And there always used to be one model, was one standard Sefer Torah that everyone knows this is the most perfect Sefer Torah. It's, it's, a, it's a very, very good um, uh, sample of it, a very good e exemplar of it. And uh, then you copy from that, use that for all the other Sefer Torah. We used to have one national copy, which was the one that the Beddin stood behind. It was certified by the Beddin. This used to be kept in the Azara in the Bet HaMikdash, not inside the Arona Kodesh, that was a different one, this was Sefer Azara, the one that was outside, and it used to be used as the ultimate authority for seeing uh, how to write a Sefer Torah. So you take the one of the king and you proof check it against that one, the Sefer HaAzara that we used to have. As an aside, the Syrian community had preserved from very early at the beginning of the second millennium uh, even before that, the from the first millennium, there was a book written by um, by a very famous scribe, uh, even before the times of Harambam, and this uh, book was preserved and it was kept in the Syrian community until a couple of generations ago in in Halab in Aram Soba in in uh, in Aleppo, and that's what is called Keter Aram Soba. It's the, the Taj, the, the, the crown of Aleppo, and that was a sort of Sefer Azara serving the same purpose. It was a book from which you'd copy whenever you wanted to really see how things are. That was the most authoritative um, version we had. So what does the king do with the Sefer Torah he had from when he was a layman? Mani Kenazav, he has to leave it with his, Bet uh, Kenazav is in his, his treasury. And the other one that was written for him after he became king, that's the one that he keeps with him at all times. As he goes out to war, he keeps his Sefer Torah with him. When he comes back from war, he has it with him. When he sits down to... to uh, this was one of the functions of a king in antiquity, especially in Am Israel, to judge. When he presides over judgment, he has it with him. When he sits down to eat, he leaves it in front of him. Because the Torah says, this should be, should be with him, and he shall read from it or on it all the days of his life. What if the king did not have a Sefer Torah before he became king? Then after he becomes king, he has to write two Sefer Torah. One of them is to be kept in the treasury. The second one to carry at all times. The only times in which he's allowed to not have the Sefer Torah with him is at night, or when he goes to the bathhouse, or when he goes to the, the restroom, or to sleep. Uh, just a note, it was always understood that normal people only slept at night, uh, but given that we are talking about the king, one is reminded of the Mishnah in Masechet Berachot that says, Kings used to have the luxury of sleeping a little bit during the day also, which is why we have two separate things here. We have at night, and then separately also when he goes to sleep, implying that he may go to sleep not at night. 
ספר תורה שכתבו שלא בסרטוטה שכתב מקצתו על הגבין ומקצתו על הקלף, פסול. A ספר that was written without first delineating, having those inscribed lines on the parchment, the lines on which you write the letters, that's סרטוט. Or some of it was written on גביל, as we explained before in chapter one of this הלכות, גביל is the full leather. Kelaf is the gavil after you peeled off the thinner layer, which is a doxostos. <coughs> so if you wrote half and half, um, it's pasul. You have to choose. You either do gavil or kelaf, you cannot mix both of them. How do you write a sefer Torah? You have to write, you have to be very careful to have the most precise and beautiful font. handwriting. It's important to leave between each and every word a space that's equivalent to a small letter. And you space the lines, so it's double spaced, so you have a full line in between each and every line. And make sure that the column, each column has a breadth, has a width equivalent to 30 letters. And how you'd know that? Do it one time, write these three words one after the other. If you count them, you'll see that each of these uh, words has 10 letters, and then you have uh, 30 letters that way. And uh, And this is how. Uh, wide each column should be. And don't make the column shorter than this because otherwise it reads like a letter. Letters used to be written on uh, any piece of parchment you could find. We are very, very, very wealthy nowadays. Back in the day, they used to use any scrap of, of uh, leather they could find to write letters that were not as important. And by as a consequence, as a result, the columns were thinner. And don't make it longer than 30 letters so that a person doesn't need to uh, look too much or too long for the place that he needs to read from. Uh, a person should not start writing in very small script, in very small fonts, and very tight, in order to have uh, to, to make the space that's necessary for the next paragraph. As we'll see, uh, paragraphing is important. And let's say you are running out of space in the line, you start really tightening the, the, the script. That's not appropriate. You should not do that. So if you have a, a word that has five letters, and you only have room for two, you should not write two inside the column, the justification, and three outside. Rather, the most you can go outside the column is two out of five. In other words, if you had room for three, then you can do so. You can write the remaining two outside the column, but not the other way around. So what do you do if you don't have, if the line is, if, the li- if there is enough room in the line left only for three letters? 
ומתחילים תחילת השיטה, it's preferable to leave that space empty and start anew from the next line, that's the neater way to go about this. הלכה ו. נזדמנה לו תיבה בת שתי אותיות, לא יזרקנה בין הדפים, אלא יחזור לתחילת השיטה. So you can have, again, the, the minimum space you should have at the end of the line is three letters. What if you have, what if you have a, a two-letter word and you just finished the line? So you shouldn't just write that two-letter word after the column, although we said that it's okay to go two letters beyond the column, but not if it's a standalone word. You have to go back and start the next line from the beginning. If at the very end of the column you have to write a word that has about 10 letters, like the one we saw, and it's impossible to, we don't have enough room to write all, all those 10 letters in, the, in, in, in that column. As we said, the column is 30 letters worth. Now, you have a problem here because if you continue from the next line, you're leaving too much space empty. If you, however, write the word on that line, you're going to have too many letters protruding coming out from the end of the column. So what do you do with the margins? So what do you do? It depends. So what's going to be worse? What's going to be the worst of the two scenarios? Can you write more than half and then leave less than half hanging outside the margin? Or uh, if you cannot, then you'll leave less than half a, a word worth of empty space. So if you can write half inside and half outside, you should write it on this line. Otherwise, you start from the new line. And as you finish, each of the fifth, each of the five fifths of the Torah, each fifth of the Torah is called the Humash, which means a fifth. So between Bereshit and Shemot, say you have to leave four columns empty, without any writing, not more than four, nor less than four. And then you start the new book from the top of the fifth column. And as you finish the Torah, you must finish in the middle of the of the column, and that column has to be at the very end of that piece of parchment, of that section of parchment. And if the person sees, the sofer sees that uh, th th this particular section of parchment still has a lot of empty space to go after finishing Israel, after finishing the Torah, then as he sees that that's about to happen, the preferred solution, says Harambam, is to narrow the lines, to make the lines less than 30, uh, 30, 30 characters wide, so that you make space and you get to a place that's closer to the end. And then in the, in the next one, in the next column, also he can he can make the the column a little shorter, 
in terms of height and then start from the next one. ומתכוון עד שיהיה לעיני כל ישראל באמצע השיטה בסוף הדף, so that he is able to, to aim to have לעיני כל ישראל at the middle of the column towards the end of that section of parchment. הלכה חטא. ויזהר באותיות הגדולות ובאותיות הקטנות ובאותיות הנקודות ובאותיות שצורצן משונות. One must be careful with some letters are written large letters, like for example, the, the Ayn of Shema Israel. אדוני אלוהינו אחד, that עין is large, ובאותיות הקטנות, the אלף of ויקרא uh, is also a small letter that needs to be written small in the Sefer Torah, ובאותיות הנקודות, uh, there is a few words that have uh, some dots on top of them, like for example, וישקהו of, uh, of uh, עשיו kissing יעקב that has dots on top, or another word that has dots on top is the פרשת מסבים, um, לנו ולבננו עד, those words have 11 dots on top of them. ובאותיות של צורתם משונות, there is a few letters that have out of the ordinary shape, כגון הפיין הלפופות והאותיות העקומות, כמו שעתיקו הסופרים איש מפי איש, we don't have today many of these, but they used to have some פה and some other letters that were written in a special way, we don't have that in our ספר תורה. ויזהר בתרין ובניינן, and also one must be careful with the crowns on top of the letters and uh, how to count them, how many crowns, how many zine shapes on top of each letter. כמו שהעתיקו הסופרים איש מפי איש, exactly as was passed down by tradition, which is why you have a taj, you have a keter, you have a, 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 a sefer Torah שבעזרה, pretty much in every community. יש עוד שיש עליה תג אחד, some letters would have only one זין on top of it, ויש עוד שיש עליה שבעה, some letters should have up to seven, וכל התגים כצורת זין הם, all of these crowns are in the shape of a זין, דקים כחוט השערה, and you have to make them as thin as possible, חוט השערה means uh, as wide as a hair thread. <coughs> as we mentioned with תפילין, we have lost this tradition, at least most communities have lost the tradition of tagin, and what's done today, the standard is, people put tagin, they put three tagin only, and they always put them whenever they find one of the otiyot sha'atnez gats, one of these uh, letters that make the word sha'atnez gats, you'll see in a safetra it has three tagin automatically, and on the other hand, the words badak haya have one zayin on top of them, but this is not the way that things used to be done, is not the way Harambam is instructing us to do it, and we have to be aware of that. All the things that we said so far, are just to make the ideal misvah. However, if a person is not able to come up with a Sefer Torah as organized and neat as we just described it, or not able to do the tagin in the proper way, וכתב האותיות שלו כולן כתקנן, but the letters were written properly, או שקרב את השיטין או אל חיקן, or the columns were closer to each other or farther apart from each other, או העריך בהן או קצרן, or they are longer or shorter than what we just mentioned, הואיל ולא ידביק אות לאות, to the extent that no two letters are joined, they are connected to each other, ולא חסר ולא הותיר, no letter is missing, there is no uh, extra letter, and not even one letter is out of shape, in a shape that's irrecognizable, and the paragraphs are correct, 
and whenever a long paragraph needs to be long, it's long. Whenever it needs to be short, it's short. This is a kosher book. There are other things that were not written in the Gemara. All the things we said so far are written in the Gemara. But the Sofrim, the scribes, have their own tradition and scribes learn from scribes and they pass down a, a scribe-specific tradition, a wisdom. And this is what they are. And these are some of the details that scribes are careful about. That on every section of parchment, one must write at least 48 columns and not more than 60 columns. Also, that when you have a, a, a paragraph, the end of a paragraph, you have to leave at least or about eight, uh, eight characters worth, like the words Asher, Asher, Asher. And also in Shirat Hayam, uh, they are careful of having at the beginning of the column these five letters. Beginning of each of the of five columns. And after finishing the poem of Shirat Hayam, the five columns that follow need to be as as, uh, as follows. It, the first one is to start with the word Vatikah, then Ahareha, then Sus, then Vayaseu, and then Vayavo. And before Ha'azin, which is the other poem we have in the Torah, that's structured, it looks like a poem, and we are going to talk about this in a bit. Uh, the five columns, the, the columns that preceded should be Ve'aida, Ahare, Haderech, Be'aharit, Lech Aiso, and Kehal, the six columns. Ulmata Mimena, and following it, Hameshitin, five columns, Vayavo, Redaber, Asher, Hazot, and Asher. Uh, and all of these things that the Sofrim describes are always careful about, this is to make the mitzvah, the prescription, as ideal as possible. But if anyone did things differently, this does not invalidate the Sefer Torah. Yud Aleph. Now about things that do invalidate. But if a person omits a vowel that needs to be there, or adds a vowel, and by vowel I mean one of the otiot, one of the letters, alef, he, vav, yod. So for example, you write the word um, vayavo, which could be spelled vav, yod, bet, vav, alef, or vav, yod, bet, alef. If it's supposed to be spelled with a vav, it's spelled without a vav, or without a vav, it's spelled with a vav, that's male haser, haser male. Or shekatav milashi kriyata. Or there is some words that have instructions to be read differently than they are written. We're going to give an example, and you write them the way that they are read, as opposed to the way that they're supposed to be written. Like for example, there is a word in the in the kelalot uh, about uh, um, someone, God forbid, uh, betrothing someone, uh, a girl, and then part of the kelalot, part of of the of the the curse of war 
is that someone else is going to come, you're going to die in the war, and someone else is going to come and sleep with her. So sleep with her, the the most explicit way of saying that in Hebrew would be Ishkalenna from Mishgal. But the Torah uh, is, uh, we use a lot of euphemisms, we are careful in the way we speak. So instead of saying Ishgalenna uh, to, to uh, translated to English is to have sex with her. We say ishkavenna, which is to lie down with her, which is a euphemism. And you, the Torah is written yod shin gimal lamed nun he. So if you write ishkavenna instead, it's pasul. Or uba tehorim bimkom uba afolim. There was a disease that was very ugly. It was called afolim, uh, which is also a very explicit word, but we call it tehorim instead in the same vein. And of this kind, or for example, there was a paragraph that was meant to be to be open. In other words, as we said in Tefillin, open paragraph means that you finish that paragraph, you stop it in the middle of the line, and you start a new line under it. Segura is that you continue, you leave a space of 10 letters worth, and then you continue in that same line. So if you change one of the two, or if uh, something that was supposed to look like a poem, like a composition, looks like the rest of the prose, <coughs> or the rest of the prose starts looking like a poem, like Hazino, like Shirat Hayam, these things make the Sefer Torah invalid. And it doesn't have the Kedushah, the special status that Sefer Torah has, but rather it has the status of any of the Humashim, any of the uh, fifths, these uh, partial books that we use to teach children with. Yudbet, Sefer Torah Mugaha, a Sefer Torah that was not checked, it wasn't uh, corrected, it wasn't, nobody made sure that it's, pro- that's appropriately written, it's forbidden to leave it just laying there for more than 30 days. It must either be corrected and made sure that it's uh, it's proper and it's kasher, or it needs to be put away so nobody uses it in Geniza. Sefer Torah If a Sefer Torah has in every single page three mistakes or less, then that that can be fixed. But if it had four or more on each page, then the Sefer Torah is way too, uh, it has too many mistakes, it's too, uh, too pervasively wrong, and therefore we just uh, put the entire thing in Geniza. However, if the majority of the book of the Sefer Torah was okay, then in the minority of the Sefer Torah, it has four or more mistakes on each uh, on each column. Uh, actually, it's holdaf, it's not each column, it's in each uh, section of parchment. And at least there is one, uh, one section of parchment that doesn't have, on, on the part that's wrong, that has so many mistakes, at least there is one daf that's left without uh, at uh, four, ta- four mistakes or more, then yitaken. yitaken. This is okay to fix. Halacha Yud Gimel. 
אבל כתב החסר מלא, אפילו יש בכל דף ודף כמה טעויות, על זה מתקנו מפני שהוא גורר ואינו תולה. What are we saying that uh, it's, if it has four or more mistakes, the Sefer Torah is way too wrong and has to be put away? That is only if the kind of mistakes it has are mistakes that are, it's missing a few letters, which means that to correct it, you have to write a letter out of line. You write it out of line so that the, the word becomes complete. And that's not very respectable. The Sefer Torah, after fixing, after correcting too many words like that, it looks very ugly. However, if the mistakes were that it had additional letters, extra letters, then it's only a matter of deleting them, of erasing them. And therefore, um, and therefore it's okay, even if it has many mistakes. יוד דלת, מותר לכתוב התורה חומש חומש, כל חומש בפני עצמו, ואין בהן קדושת ספר התורה התם. It's permissible to write portions of ספר תורה, a fifth of the ספר תורה each time, what we call a חומש, and this will not have the קדושה of a ספר תורה. אבל לא יכתוב מגילה בפני עצמה שיהיה בה פרשיות, but one must not write, it's forbidden to write a portion of ספר תורה, that is not a fifth, but still is a few parashiot in and of themselves. When kotvim megillah letinok leitlamed ba, and even for teaching a child, uh, one may not write just a little part of the Torah. In other words, the minimum is to write a fifth, a chumash. However, if this is just the beginning, let's say I write Parashat Bereshit and I stop there, but I intend to continue until the end of the book of Bereshit, then it's permissible to use it until I get around to finishing it. Katav Megillah, Shalosh Shalosh Tevot Beshittahat, Mutar. If, however, uh, one wants to write less than a homage and he's going to do it in a way that it's obvious that this is not a, a, a section of the Torah that Maybe some, and the, the whole reasoning for this is just so you think about this. What would happen if someone wrote, for example, Asirita Devarim, the Ten Commandments, as a discrete sort of like book? So the intention there is more of like an amulet and superstitious than, than for anything else. And even if not the person himself writing it, intending that superstitious intent, someone else who might find it might attribute to it some special status, and we don't want that. Uh, that we don't write the Torah Megillot Megillot for that reason. But if someone writes it in a way that's obvious, that this is not it, it's not Sefer Torah. So for example, writing uh, lines that are up to three words each, then that's fine. Tetvav. מותר לדבק תורה נביאים וכתובים בכרח אחד, ומניח בין כל חומש וחומש ארבע שיטין, ובין כל נביא ונביא שלוש שיטין, ובין כל נביא ונביא משלים עשר שלוש שיטין. It's permissible to write one single scroll that has תורה נביאים וכתובים, what we call the Tanakh, and there is a proper way of doing that, and that is leaving between each and every חומש four columns worth, and between every book of נביאים three columns worth, and then also between each of the 12 smaller Nevi'im that comprise Tere Asar. And if a person wanted to cut any of these in and of themselves, they can. This is the right way of setting the Nevi'im. Listen to the way Harambam has Nevi'im. Yoshua, Shofetim, Shemuel, Melachim. This is fine, it's like we have it. And now this is what the Gemara says. Uh, Rashi Tevot 
rahash. There is another word, another way of setting this, and this is sharah. So irmeyau yahaskeli shayai is what Rambam has for halacha, and then tereasar, and then the ketubim are so the ketubim root tilim, which is what, how rishonim call tehilim, yov mishle kohelet veshir ashirim bekinot kinot is what we call echa today vedaniel umgila megila is megila tester veaizra vedivrei hayamim divrei hayamim last. Halachat etzayin. Kol kitvei hakodesh en kotvin otan ela besirtut. Not only the Torah, but all the holy, all the sacred writings like Navim and Ketuvim also, one must write them after making sure that there is lines, grooves in the parchment, on the parchment onto which to write the, the words. Even if someone is using paper and not parchment, uh, there should be lines before writing. It's permissible to write only up to three words of the Torah of a citation without having sirtut. More than that, it's forbidden. And if you look at teshuvot, handwritten letters that we have from the times of Rishonin, and even later you'll see that if they ever come to a citation from a pasuk, and it's something they would do a lot, they would write poetry and beautiful salutations and so forth by citing parts of Pesukim, it's called Melissa, then you'll see that one of two things happen. Either you'll see no more than three words from a single Pasuk, or if there is more than three words, you'll see that the, the scribe, the, the Hacham that was writing this, you'll see that he adds a sirtut, he adds a line on top of the words or from which to, to, to hang the words to comply with this halacha. This volume that has what we call the Tanakh, although it has a fully compliant Sefer Torah, because it also has Nevim and Ketuvim, it loses its status as Sefer Torah. It's rather of the same status as any Humash, having more than what's necessary. In other words, having Yoshua, Shofetim, etc., in addition to the Torah, it's as if having less than what's necessary, and both are enough to make it lose a status as Sefer Torah. With this, we finish chapter 7. The Hashem will do chapter 8 tomorrow.